hello, friends, and welcome back to Gifted Podcast. I am your host, Danny. You can find me on Instagram at DannyCoco1. You can find the podcast on Instagram at Gifted Podcast. And before we get started today, if you enjoy this episode, please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. It really helps me out. Today, I am so excited for this episode. I got the opportunity to chat with Lori Gottlieb, who is a very well-known psychotherapist and writer. She has a column called Dear Therapist in the Atlantic. She recently launched her podcast, also called Dear Therapist, and she wrote one of my favorite books of all time, Maybe You Should Talk to Someone, which is a New York Times bestseller. Very funny story before we get into today's episode. My mom's maiden last name is Gottlieb and her first name is Lori, so her name is also Lori Gottlieb. And this had to be like 10 years ago. I found a book that Lori had written, Lori, the, the Lori Gottlieb who I'm interviewing today, not my mom, Lori Gottlieb. Um, and I thought that my mom had written a book and published it and just not told me. And it was the funniest thing ever. And she was like, no, there's another therapist named Lori Gottlieb who's also a writer. And so that was my first foray into the world of Lori Gottlieb. Uh, and I've read her books and I've you know watched her TED Talk and I think she's wonderful. So hopefully you guys enjoy today's episode as much as I enjoyed talking to Lori. And without further ado, let's get into it. So I am here with the wonderful Lori Gottlieb. Lori, I'm so excited to have you on. Thank you so, so much. My pleasure. Uh, your book, I mean, you've written several, but maybe you should talk to someone, is genuinely one of my favorites of all time. It's so insightful, funny, and just so beautifully written. Um, and so I'm just excited to chat with you today and would just love to, you know, for anyone who's a little bit newer to your work and to what you do, just get some background on you, kind of what you do and what you're working on right now. Sure. So, um, well, I'm so glad that you like my book. Um, so the book is Maybe You Should Talk to Someone. And I am a psychotherapist. And in the book, I follow the lives of four very seemingly different patients as they go through different things. And then there's a fifth patient in the book. And that is me, as I go to my own therapist as I go through something. And it's really a book about the human condition. And like the other things that I'm working on, um, I have a weekly column in the Atlantic called Dear Therapist. I have a new podcast uh, that's called Dear Therapists that's produced by Katie Couric for iHeart. And uh, I did a TED Talk recently. Um, and all of these things, I'm really trying to help people to learn something about themselves and sort of to democratize therapy, to um, show people how the process works. I think there are a lot of misconceptions about it and also how transformational it can be when we pay attention to our emotional health. I love that. I think, you know, something that was so helpful for me about your book was just reading all of these different kinds of people who go to therapy. And I think, and I'm sure you've experienced this as well. There's such a stigma around, oh, if you have a certain set of issues, you should go to therapy. And outside of that, don't ask for help or don't, you know, express what you're going through or your problems. And well, right. Yeah. I, yeah. I think right now too, I mean, you look at everyone struggling with this pandemic, everyone's going through something right now. That's right. Um, in the book, I talk about the hierarchy of pain that what I think prevents people from talking about what they're going through or for getting help in any way. And I mean, even just talking to a friend is shame and stigma because we look at our emotional health differently than we do our physical health. So if, um, 
you know, we don't, we don't compare our physical health in the same way that we do our emotional health. So let's say that you break your arm. You're not going to say, well, I don't have stage four cancer, so I'm not going to go to the doctor and get my arm set or get a cast, right? right? We don't do that. Um, but with our emotional health, we say, yeah, you know, I'm feeling anxious or maybe I'm struggling with um, low level depression or I'm grieving or I'm having trouble in a relationship. And we say, yeah, but you know, compared to other people, it's really not that bad. And it's kind of like if you were experiencing some discomfort, let's say you were experiencing some discomfort in your chest, like some chest pain, you would go to the cardiologist probably before you have a massive heart attack, right? get it checked out. But what we do is people don't land in my office until they're having the equivalent of an emotional heart attack. And at that point, not only is it harder to treat because now you're in a different place than you would have been if you came in when you were first experiencing this feeling of something being off, right? Right. Um, but you've struggled unnecessarily for however long. And so I think that, you know, what I'm really trying to do is to show people that we are all more the same than we are different, that nobody gets through life without struggle and that they're not alone in whatever they're experiencing. I think that's huge because so many of the people that I work with for, you know, what I do for my, my work is work with business owners and social media creators to help them kind of develop their business and grow. And what I find is that there's so much, you know, I don't want to say emotional trauma, but almost all of this, this, these experiences and this, this negative self-talk and all of these feelings that surround what they're doing that they don't even see. And half of the time when I'm working with them, I'm like, this is something that you need to seek help for because this is holding you back in every aspect of your life. And I think people look at it as a very linear, you know, at least from my experience of, okay, well, you know, I'm going to start my business and that's separate from any emotional, you know, issues that I'm having or feelings that I'm having. And I can all, you know, compartmentalize everything, but it's just not the reality of it. Right. And I think the irony of that is that the most successful people are the people who actually value their emotional health and they prioritize it. So it's not like an optional thing. And um, when I went on book tour for Maybe You Should Talk to Someone, I did, you know, so many TV and radio appearances and, and moderated conversations with, you know, very high profile people. And every single one of them said to me before we went on the air, before the program started, they would lean over and say, you know, I just want to let you know I'm in therapy. And it was really interesting because, <laughs> because and, then, and then they said, you know, I'm not sure I'm going to say anything. And then they did. Every single one of them did. So whether it was, you know, like Terry Gross on Fresh Air or, you know, Katie Couric doing something with yeah. me or, you know, CEOs of companies, um, lots of people finally said, yeah, I go to therapy. And why does that need to be a secret? It's sort of like nobody would say, oh, it's a secret that I'm working out with a trainer. Right. It's a secret that I have a consultant for my company. But you need a consultant for your emotional health too. I feel like therapy is like getting a really good second opinion on your life from somebody who isn't already in your life. And you do that in any other area of your life. But for some reason, when it comes to emotional health, we keep that a secret. So what I'm really, uh, you know, what I, what I really feel good about is that so many people now are saying, oh yeah, I, not only is it, is it okay to say that I go to therapy, but it's actually a sign of strength. It's actually saying, wait a minute, I'm doing something that I'm really proud of that I'm going to therapy. Exactly. And I mean, it's, it's that, that shame, I think, that people associate with asking for help. And, you know, I see it all the time and, and that even I felt it myself, you know, going to therapy is, 
oh, well, does it make me seem weak if I'm asking for help? Does it make it seem like I can't control every aspect of my life? But the reality is no one can. Everybody needs support. Well, I think also we all have blind spots. Yes. And your friends are not going to shine a light on them in the way that a therapist will. And so in, in maybe you should talk to someone, I talk about the difference between idiot compassion and wise compassion. So idiot <laughs> yeah. compassion is what our friends do. So we say, here's what happened with my coworker, or here's what happened with my partner or um, whoever it is. And we say, yeah, you're right. They're wrong. They shouldn't have done that. You, you know, you're absolutely right. That's idiot compassion. We back them up. We don't want to rock the boat, right? And also, we know we're hearing just one side of a story. And if you listen to your friends often enough, you'll see that they're telling you the same story with different characters over time, right? So there's like certain ways that they see the world um, and, and they have these blind spots that we can see, but we don't want to mention them because we feel like that's not being supportive. But really, we're thinking if a fight breaks out in every bar you're going to, maybe it's you. We just <laughs> right. don't say that to them. Yeah. So a therapist offers, instead of idiot compassion, a therapist will offer wise compassion, which means we hold up a mirror to you and help you to see something about yourself that maybe you haven't been willing or able to see. And this has to do with the way you relate to others, the way you relate to yourself. So we can be so unkind to ourselves and we don't even realize it. I had this very successful woman come to me for therapy and she was so self-critical and she could not see it. And I said, I want you to write down everything that you say to yourself over the course of a few days and then come back and we'll talk about it. And it's interesting because when I give talks, I will usually say at some point, show of hands, who's the person that you talk to most in the course of your life? Is it your partner? Lots of hands. Is it your, you know, your business partner? Lots of hands. Is it your best friend? Is it your sibling? Lots of hands. But in reality, the person that we talk to most in the course of our lives is ourselves. Yeah. And what we say to ourselves isn't always kind or true or helpful. And so she came back the next week as patient and she said, and again, this is somebody who's like highly successful in, yeah. in her business. And she said, I am such a bully to myself. I had no idea. And there would be things like she made a mistake and she said to herself, you are so stupid right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's like, if someone else made that same mistake, you would not say that person is so stupid. It wouldn't, that, that wouldn't be how you thought about it. No, never. Uh, and so it's just these little things all day long where we're criticizing ourselves and it's just, it's not kind, it's not true. And again, not helpful. So I think that when people go to therapy, they start to see the world in a more objective way. They start to um, understand that the way that they talk to themselves is going to affect how successful they can be, both personally and professionally. Well, what's unbelievable to me about that too is the equivalent is almost, you know, so many people who I talk to who are trying to start businesses or launch their careers or make a career transition, I constantly hear, well, I could never do that or someone else would be better at that. But if you, it's exactly what you're saying, which is if your friend came to you and said, oh, I want to start a business, you'd never say, no, that's a terrible idea. Like it's, it just doesn't, you know, based on no information. And I think it is really the way that we talk to ourselves, the way that we view our capabilities can be extremely limiting, again, without that self-awareness. Right. Well, I think it's very binary, that kind of thinking, because you can say, well, yeah, I'm, I don't know how to do that. That might actually be true, but that doesn't mean you're not good enough to do that or you're not capable of doing it. It means you need more information. So what people do is they shut down their ideas really early on because they think I'm not good enough. Somebody else would be better at it. 
as opposed to you don't know yet. So you need to get more information, you need to explore it, you need to research it, you need to talk to people. And then at that point you might evaluate, oh, actually maybe this is something I can do, or maybe this isn't the thing, but it gave me this other idea and I'm gonna do that thing. But what happens when we get into that binary mindset is we shut it down immediately and then there's, we, we don't go anywhere, we're just stuck. Right, and it's kind of that negative feedback loop that you're kind of encouraging yourself to be in, I think, in certain ways. Um, and then as far as I, I'm sure, you know, you've experienced quite a, a few interesting conversations since the start of COVID, but what have you found for a lot of people have been the biggest struggles? Because I know everyone's facing different things, but I do think there are probably some universal themes. Yeah. I mean, I think that a lot of people are struggling with um, how to handle their anxiety. And I like to talk about two kinds of anxiety. There's productive anxiety, which is when you're reasonably worried about something and it motivates you to take action in a productive way. So we are reasonably worried about getting the coronavirus. So we are wearing masks, we are isolating at home, we are um, you know, being careful, washing our hands. If we were not anxious about this, we would just go about our business as usual and we would endanger ourselves and society at large. Right. So that's a good use of anxiety. There's another kind of anxiety though that people get stuck in and that's unproductive anxiety. Unproductive anxiety is obsessive rumination, especially about the future. It's rumination about things that haven't happened yet and may never happen. We call that futurizing or catastrophizing. So people are so worried about what's going to happen next week or next month or next year, and they lose the present. I don't want people to go through this time and say, it was all a blur and I have no idea what happened because you are here right now in the present and there's so much that you can be doing that is nourishing and meaningful and productive. Wow. I just, I got chills when you said that because I can't tell you like that feeling that, you know, you try not to get in, but where it's like, I, everyone always jokes, oh, suddenly, you know, it's not March anymore, but it really can feel like that where it's all of a sudden the time is whizzing by and you're not even sure what's happening. Well, right. And so I think that it's really important for people to stay grounded in the present, grounded in where you are and what you know, as opposed to sort of trying to be a fortune teller about the future. And there's so much that we can do right now that will actually set you up for whatever happens in the future. And I don't mean by the way that people need to be particularly productive during a time when they might be anxious or experiencing a lot of loss or experiencing you know, all kinds of emotional upheaval. But I think that you can do things that are meaningful and nourishing to you that will lead to something productive. Absolutely. And one of the things that I, I mean, one of the many things that I loved about your book is that you talked about your own journey with therapy, which I think was so eye-opening for so many people because, you know, one of the quotes that I love from you is, I know what it's like to be a person. And I think how many people look at their therapist or look at the idea of getting help and think, well, they don't understand and they don't know. But in reality, like we're all going through these things. And I'm sure for you, it's been a change too with the onset of COVID. And, you know, we've all kind of gone through this tumult. It's not just certain people experiencing certain feelings in an isolated kind of way. Yeah. I mean, I say at the beginning of the book that my most significant credential is that I'm a card-carrying member of the human race, because I think it's really important to remember that we're all human. Nobody wants to go to a therapist who's like a brick wall, right? right. <laughs> Nobody yeah. wants to go to a therapist who's like a robot. Um, they want to go to a real human being. And I think the humanity 
of what happens between those two people in that room. It's a very unique relationship. It's not like going to the dentist, right? Right. Um, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's incredibly vulnerable. And I, I use vulnerability as a strength. So what mm -hmm. I mean is, you know, it's, it's really taking off the mask. It's really examining yourself. It's really having the courage to say, I'm going to look at myself and I'm going to look at the ways in which I get in my own way. I'm going to look at where I have the agency that I really blamed on other people where I said I didn't, where I, you know, go into this place of helplessness. Um, there's a term that I talk about in the book and also my TED talk, and it's help rejecting complainers. Help rejecting complainers are the people where they always come to you for help, but anything you suggest to them, they reject. You know, it's like, yeah, no, I can't do that because, or yeah, well, maybe, but yeah, no, that'll never work because, right? And so yeah. it's almost like they, they, it serves them in some way to be in that position of helplessness. Um, and so, you know, and, and I think that what therapy does, and again, I don't think everybody needs to go to therapy, but I think that everybody does need to have an awareness of what they're doing in the world. And if therapy is one way to help them to become more self-aware so they can be more effective, again, both personally and professionally, then it's a great tool to have. Yeah. And I think I, you know, if you wanted everyone to go to therapy, the book would be called, maybe you should go to therapy. So I, lo I love that you emphasize that of maybe you should talk to someone that maybe the start is just having that conversation with someone. And I think we all do have those friends who come to us and want our advice and they're like, well, no, I can't do that. I'm not going to do that when you're really just offering solutions. But you know, those are maybe the people who should be in therapy. But I think all of us at least to express how we're feeling, especially right now more than ever, when everyone is struggling a little bit to get those feelings out. And, and I would also say, choose your audience, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that sometimes people keep going back to the same people who are not helpful to them. Yeah. Um, they're people who aren't able to see the big picture. They're not able to zoom out um, and they don't know how to listen. And I think it's a really important thing to think about, you know, not only how do other people listen to us, but how do we listen to other people? Because I think conversations can be so much more productive if at the beginning of a conversation when somebody is coming to you with something to say, how can I be helpful to you in this conversation? Do you want to just vent? Do you want me to help brainstorm ideas with you? Um, you know, what is it that you, that, how can I be helpful to you right now? And maybe in this conversation, they just want to vent, but then in the next conversation, they want to really talk about, okay, and maybe we can kind of brainstorm about where I can go with this. Yeah. I mean, not every, that's a great point because I, you know, even myself, I find, I think just the way that I am in my life, I always am like, okay, here's what we're going to do about it. And here's the, the solution, but it's not all, you know, it's not always what everyone's looking for. People sometimes just want to get that, those feelings out. Right. Well, even just as a parent, when you think about when your kids come to you, like right now, a lot of kids are saying, when am I going to see my friends again? And all of that. Um, whenever people come to you with something, whether it's your kids or your partner or somebody you're working with, um, three words are really helpful. And those words are, tell me more, just tell me more. Mm -hmm. So they say something instead of, well, here's what you should do about it. Or, you know, um, it's, it's more about, okay, tell me more. And the more that people are given the space to keep talking, the more they hear themselves and the more they kind of sort it out themselves. I think that we are all the experts of ourselves. We sometimes need a guide. And if you can be that guide for somebody else, then you're really going to help them find the answers that they already have.
Yeah, that's, I mean, so valuable. And I think for all of us right now, especially, you know, like I said, everyone is going through something. I know I am. I know everyone that I work with essentially has had their own set of struggles. And a lot of people right now just need someone to listen and not necessarily to give them the answers. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Lori. This was so, so, so valuable. I think for anyone who's you know struggling right now with COVID, who's just kind of looking for the next step for them to get an outlet to express themselves, this is really valuable. So if people are looking to for- find out more about you, where is the best place to go? Um, sure. Well, first of all, thank you for the conversation. Oh, of course. Um, I really like your podcast. And, oh, thank you. Um, they can find me at lauriegottlieb.com. They can watch my TED Talk on the TED site. Um, they can lis- uh, listen to my podcast wherever they listen to podcasts. It's called Dear Therapists. Um, and they can get my Atlantic column every Monday at the Atlantic. And they can get my book, Maybe You Should Talk to Someone, wherever they buy their books. Which I cannot recommend enough. Um, it is just such a wonderful read. So thank you again, Lori. I really, really appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. I so enjoyed talking to Lori. She is just so wonderful and so insightful as to be expected. Her book, Maybe You Should Talk to Someone, is available wherever you purchase books. Uh, I can't recommend it enough. It was really such an eye-opening story for me, just hearing about her and her patients and her world. Again, go get it. Strongly recommend. You can also find her at lauriegottlieb.com, and you can also check out her TED Talk, which is called How Changing Your Story Can Change Your Life. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I appreciate you. I love you. You are the best. Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast if you enjoyed it. You can also find us on Instagram at Gifted Podcast. See you next week.